From South Bend, Indiana, I'm Jacob Titus. Welcome to episode 16 of This Day in South Bend. Today is April 24th, 2020. If you've lived in South Bend for at least the last five or 10 years, you know that we have a weird relationship with time here. I didn't really realize this growing up until I started to go to other places and people would visit here and it would either be, I lived a little west of town, so it would either be that people's phones would switch between central and eastern time, or we would get into some sort of conversation about how we never changed times. South Bend was just on the same time all year round. We didn't recognize daylight savings time. Well, this isn't a new debate in South Bend. Almost 100 years ago, this was a major issue in South Bend, whether City Hall would change their clocks to recognize daylight savings time. It was on the front page of the Tribune nearly every day this week in 1927. And so today, we turn to April 24th, 1927, for the Tribune's straw poll about daylight savings time. Trend 2 to 1 against clock change. Tabulate 3,710 ballots in Tribune's test of sentiment. Much interest shown. Response to effort to gauge local opinion and letters from local citizens indicate vitality of issue. Tabulation of 3,710 votes cast in the Tribune's test of sentiment on the daylight savings proposal now before the city council shows approximately the same sentiment against the change in the clocks that prevailed when an official referendum was taken in May 1925, when it was voted down by more than two to one. Votes thus far tabulated, received up to 9 p.m. Saturday, showed 2,581 against daylight saving and 1,129 for daylight saving. Another ballot appears in the Tribune today, and all citizens are urged to express themselves by using the Tribune ballots. The proposal comes before the council for final action Monday night. Tribune ballots will be received until 9 a.m. Monday, and a final tabulation will be published in Monday's issue. At the city council meeting last Monday, the daylight savings proposal was favorably reported by a vote of 5 to 3, with one councilman absent and one not voting. It is highly probable that the Tribune's straw vote will be considered by the councilmen before taking final action. The project to change city hall clocks, and thus the official time of the city of South Bend, has raised a vast amount of heated controversy. Not only the response to the Tribune's test poll, but the large number of letters received on the subject indicate the extent of public interest. Stanley T. Andrzejewski replies to a recent letter to the Tribune by Robert E. Downing as follows. Mr. Downing speaks of men working in intense heat. I wonder how many of these men want daylight saving. They are in extreme heat during the entire day and are ready for a good rest when they are through with their day's work. Certainly they could not rest comfortably before the atmosphere cooled, and that is just what they would be doing if the clocks were turned back. I have a number of friends and relatives working under the above-mentioned conditions, and they are all against daylight saving. Two years ago in my ward, daylight savings was defeated roughly 12 to 1. About 90% of the people in this ward are factory workers. The present councilman was then strongly opposed to daylight saving. We will grant him the privilege of changing his mind, but that does not change the minds of the voters. A contrary view is taken by John B. Hansen, 730 South Camden Street, who writes, 
Let's have daylight saving time in South Bend from April to September so we will have an extra hour of daylight at the time when the whole family can best enjoy it. Most of the live large towns around South Bend have daylight saving. Gary, Hammond, Whiting, and Crown Point on the west. Benton Harbor, Michigan, St. Joseph, Michigan, Muskegon, Michigan, and Grand Haven, Michigan on the north. Kalamazoo, Michigan, Jackson, Michigan, Adrian, Michigan, and and Sturgis, Michigan to the northeast. You don't hear of any laboring men or farmers having riots about it in these places. Mrs. L.G. Lyon, 420 East St. Vincent Street, writes, We have the same daylight every summer and the same amount of darkness every summer. And if some want to get up earlier than others, it is their privilege, but it is not their privilege to monopolize the rights of others. Francis W. Leonardson, 725 Cottage Grove Avenue, writes, A mother must get up long before the rest of the family to prepare for the day's work, of which there is plenty. Breakfast, getting ready for school, luncheons to put up, and 101 other things before the regular work of cleaning up the home begins. A child should not be routed out of bed an hour earlier just to play golf or ball. I cannot see the saving to save my life. An hour earlier to us means up at 4.30 a.m. to bed at 8 o'clock or 8.30. Broad daylight and usually so hot one cannot sleep for hours. To me, it is like cutting off one end of a string and tying it onto the other end to lengthen it. It is shorter by the knot than when you started, Mrs. Leonardson writes. Mrs. Leonardson writes that she will be 74 years old in September and in two years and 10 months has walked 7,010 miles just going to the market and doing her housework, as the steps are shown by a pedometer which she wears. F.M. Reist of the Westinghouse Electric Company informs the Tribune that for several years the company has a modified daylight savings plan in the summer months, starting work a half hour earlier and quitting a half hour earlier without changing the clocks. Harry Lewis, whose views in opposition to daylight saving were recently published in the Tribune as representing the views of the Central Labor Union, states that he is not a delegate to that body, but is district representative of the American Federation of Labor. Until tomorrow, thank you for listening.